Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest in the A-Game podcast is Dr. John Crutchfield. He is a full-time real estate investor out of Dallas, Texas. He is a member of the DM Alliance with myself and a good guy. He's He runs a, uh, a real estate Facebook group. I'll put the, the notes for in the show notes so that you guys could connect with him on that. He puts a ton of value, a ton of content in there. He gets free calls on Monday night. He runs Grab the Map. It's his real estate company. It's also the name of his podcast. So definitely check that out as well in the show notes. And guy just got a great story you know he he's a kind soul i can feel what a, a good guy he is he just seems very genuine again i said it during the interview but i'm actually surprised that he and i have not met in person or crossed paths earlier but i'm very glad that we did now i plan on keeping in touch with him i took some stuff away from this episode that i'm going to start implementing in my business as well uh and just again a guy coming with a phd having a background in leadership and education and then pivoting into a multi-millionaire real estate investor i think is always an amazing thing and just the fact that he's always trying to grow, always trying to grow his circle, always trying to give value, always trying to contribute, and always trying to build his circles and build his knowledge base and his experience, and then share it with everybody else. What else could you want in somebody that comes on the A-Game podcast? So we have a good talk about mindset, a good talk about mentorship. So we have a great talk about real estate, the real estate market, um, the mentality that you have to have to win, the things you need to be doing every day. We talk about some of his current deals. We talk about what the most a uh, valuable networking tool or branding tool you could possibly have to get leads is what his number one source of leads are, how he has built up a real estate portfolio, and the way he has utilized other people's money and private lenders to build up a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio and multiple exit strategies as well as credibility. So tons of great things, amazing stuff to take away. Definitely a good guy. Definitely somebody you guys want to connect with and follow. So please check the show notes. And while you are checking the show notes, please go to nicknicknick.com slash links for all the ways to connect with the sponsors of this show from Naked Warrior Recovery CBD, where if you go on and you put in promo code AGAME, you get 20% off to Reva Global, to Marianne with Nationwide Business Capital Group. If you want to get the best funding in the business, definitely reach out to her and tell the A-Game podcast sent you. All of those links are in nicknicknick.com slash links under affiliates, as well as all the ways to follow me and this podcast on all social platforms. So you can literally listen to this podcast anywhere you get your podcast. You can watch it on YouTube. And you can follow me on pretty much every social media. So I would very much appreciate if you did that. And when we post the clips from these shows, I can't ask enough. Just please follow us. Please give it a like, a fist bump, a thumbs up, an A-OK. And I like this, a share, tag somebody in it. That's the kind of stuff that makes guys like Dr. John come on and give you guys a valuable content for free because they see that you're actually seeing it and appreciating it. So that would be the tuition for 200 plus episodes is please just engage a little bit on the social media and let the, uh, let the, guests know that you appreciate the content that they're dropping. And last but certainly not least, nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets if you want a free calculator for all the ways to bring value to your buyers as a real estate agent, broker, or wholesaler. And what this whole thing about is obviously doing deals together. I would love to do some deals with you, whether it's your first deal, your next deal, residential, commercial, whatever it is. If you want to buy properties from me, sell properties to me, or have a conversation about how we can work together on a real estate deal in a partnership, please text me directly, 
540-5733 is the best way to get a hold of me to discuss some real estate deals. Thank you so much. Check out my Facebook group. I'm going to be doing a lot more on that. Anything you guys want to hear about, any guests you want to have on, any questions you have, I would be happy to answer them there. Have a great day. Thank you, podcast. All right, my guest today is Mr. John Crutchfield, a PhD in leadership and education. He is fighting out of Dallas, Texas, and is the founder of a really good group on Facebook that you guys should all check out. I'll put show notes in there called the Wealth and Real Estate Facebook Group. He is also the host of the Grab the Map podcast. He is an expert in real estate capital raising. He's an entrepreneur, a full-time real estate investor, a father, and our guest today, thank you for being here, with a PhD in leadership is a very relevant topic that we can dig into on top of all the other things. You were the perfect guest. I can't wait to dig in and talk to a little bit more, Mr. John Crutchfield. And Nick, thank you, man. Thank you for the invitation. The A-game podcast, huh? A-game, the A-game. And you you are definitely somebody who brings your A-game, man. I was just, I was actually just going through your, uh, some of your other posts and stuff on um, on your your Facebook group. And you put a lot of really great content out there and you you put a lot of stuff out there that makes me think, and it was all relevant. There was like a business thing and then there was a mindset thing. And then there was something about the people in your life. And I was just like screenshotting everything. I was like, man, there's so many different things that we could talk about. But you're interesting because we hadn't really connected, and now we're both in part of the um, the the mastermind with Mark Evans, which we'll talk about too. But your name has come up in so many different circles and so many different groups. Like I've known of you for a long time, and I'm really excited now that we just. This is what I love about podcasts: is I get to be like, you know what? Here's a guy that I've been hearing great things about for a long time, and now I get to sit down and talk with him for an hour, man. So I'm very excited to finally get to formally meet you. Man, I, I really appreciate it. The, the feeling is mutual. Um, you're on your A game. That's how you got my attention. And we're both in that DM alliance uh, with Mark Evans, which has been a fantastic community to be a part of. So I'm excited to have this conversation with you as well. And let's let's rock it, man. Let's see. Let's see what's going on. You're a busy guy and uh, we're, we're all busy. But to stop and make time for for conversations like this, I think helps us work on our business, but also helps other people that are trying to do different things. So let's 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 have a, a real regular conversation. This is this is a, a what's this a Wednesday morning for us, but I don't yeah, know yeah. what we're listening. It is, you know, it makes me appreciate it sometimes when it's like, yeah, middle of the week, like a lot of people are punching a clock. We can just be like, yeah, I'll jump on a Zoom and, and kind of hang out. Like it's it's pretty cool, man. So um for people who aren't 100 percent familiar with you, can you give a quick 30,000 foot background of who you are and where you came from? Sure, sure. I mean, you said some very nice stuff. I'm John Crutchfield. Yes, I have a doctorate degree, but I don't usually introduce it that way. Um, I spent 10 years as an educator. Uh, mom's a teacher. And so I spent 10 years kind of following that trajectory, uh, taught middle school math and uh, middle school social studies, uh, did that. Somebody said, hey, you could be a principal. So I went back to school and got that and went and did principaling for three to four years. I call that like my my uh, community service of life. Ah. Um, had a couple kids, and my wife was like, "Hey, we we need to do something different because my two and three year olds were growing up on the football sideline of a high school uh, football game, and she was just like, "Hey, you're spending all your time at school, and really looking at what we were making. It was kind of like the the American dream, right? Of like making good money but spending it all, right? And so decided to do something different, met some real estate investors who were kind enough to show me um, how to grow a rental portfolio and just really got hooked to the idea that every month uh, 
I could have my income go up based on my effort, right? Versus that principal role where I was given great. I mean, one year we were, I was principal of the year, one year, but the income stayed the same, right? So like that effort, I definitely um, appreciated the experience. I appreciate it, but it was really more like community service. So, you know, I now like to say I own Grab the Map real estate company. It's a comprehensive real estate company that focuses really on holding assets that generate income. Um, We try to help people that are, uh, we try to help people that are trying to uh, grow their wealth passively. So folks can invest in our deals. They get a great passive return and we're growing assets and holding assets at very, very conservative loan to values um, that generate income. And then I also love like that I still get to do that teaching part of things, right? I still get to use that doctorate of not training people on how to become principals or teachers anymore, but I get to use that degree to help people just like here, this is information that I know it changed my life. Like if you decide that you want to change your life using real estate, here's some content for you. So that's me. That's what I do. Um, Husband of two. My kids are eight and 10 years old. Um, Been married for 16 years. And I like to tell people to do the math. Um, Been married for 16 years and I'm 35 years old. So that's always a fun story. (laughs) Um, But my wife and I just grew up together. We love each other. Um, And she's not involved at all in my real estate business outside of just saying, hey, look, keep going. Um, She's an extremely encouraging person. Uh, she's she's around in that Facebook group sometimes in the Wealth and Real Estate Facebook group, and she'll come in and talk to people about how to how to support a husband who's all over the place because <laughs> that's what she does. But that's very awesome. happy to be here. That's that's me, kind of thirty thousand foot view, learning every single day. I get to learn something new. I don't have a business degree. I don't have like a family that was in business. Both of my parents work for the government. Like that's the path that I was going. Uh, Both of them still work and they, you know, clock in eight to five and get a check every, you know, first of the month. And that's the foundation that I came from. So a lot of my frameworks or how I default to thinking is that because that's what I was raised on. And all this has been new to me. So I'm learning every day. That's really cool, man. There's there's a few key things that I I think are important in that. One of them, obviously, you can't be successful in real estate if you don't have a supportive spouse or business partner. And I, I... I see that a lot of being something that somebody comes in and they're all in and then they're trying to do something or they just stop because there are other people in their life say that, no, you can't do this. And now they have that, that kind of rift between them in the marriage. And I think having somebody at home, like I had a girlfriend at one point and I told her like, you don't even need to be supportive. I just need you to be, you can even pretend this isn't happening. I just can't have negative. And as long as I don't have negative, then I can kind of, kind of do my thing when you first made the decision to go in a totally different career path and you initially spent all that time and energy going to get a degree in, what was her initial reaction to you kind of chasing a different path? Yeah. So she, she's always been like super supportive. Um, but I think with her, it was like, I, I, she, she would say I'm a workaholic, right. Or that I'm always working. Right. So I think with her, it was, we need to make a change because I was spending a lot of time as the principal of a school and she didn't want me to switch to something and just be doing something else with that time. Like, so you switch from one thing that's taking 80 hours a week to another thing that's taking 80 hours a week. 
right? And not just the 80 hours a week, but something that takes me away from them too. So I think she was super supportive. She was super, uh, she was super happy to see the change because immediately, like I go from being gone or traveling or missing all my kids' games to now like being at every single game, I can take them to school. Um, I can pick them up from school. All the things that you can't really help with if you're a principal of a school because you're at your school receiving other people's kids. Now I was able to do for my own. And that was very important to her. So I think she dug deep in when she realized, oh, I can actually say, hey, can you take them in the school this morning? And I was able to do it versus what was happening before. That's really cool. You know, I, I never thought of that like that, that, you know, teachers and principals, they spend all this time pouring out all their like knowledge and good energy into other people's children. And then they go yes. home and maybe don't have enough energy for their own. It's, it's a very good point. I think a lot of people deal with that. I think about it all the time with like police and like nurses and stuff. It's like, you go home, what do you have left? You know, you give up, you give a lot. It's, it's definitely, like I said, it's a community service. <laughs> <laughs> and then luckily I've, I've been out for about five years now, six years and um, I didn't go through COVID with other people's kids and all this stuff because it's been it's been crazy, I imagine, for for folks that are still in. Yeah, yeah. So a couple of other things I thought that were really good talking points. One of them, you you mentioned that your, your parents kind of come from that basic kind of punch the clock nine to five sort of work life and not really from the entrepreneurial or eat what you kill background. And I think it's always hard being the first of your family or your group to go do those things, at, at what point do you start to believe that you can do that? Because I, I think when I, when I talk back and, I, and I, I look at where I came from with this and I have conversations with newer investors, they almost don't believe it a lot of the time because when I first met somebody that was saying that they were successful in real estate and I started asking other people, they all told me that that doesn't work. And I, I used to get mad and be like, well, they're telling me because they're trying to hold me back. And it was like, well, no, they literally don't know anybody who doesn't live paycheck to paycheck. And no, nobody that I knew knew anybody who didn't live paycheck to paycheck. And when that's all you have around you, yes. it, it doesn't feel like something that works or that's real. So it does come with a little bit of a leap of faith initially that the same way you have to believe that it doesn't work, you know, have to switch that and just trust that it does. And that's not always an easy thing, especially when you have some bumps and bruises and growing pains along the way. So for you, having that optimistic and that positive mindset and that confidence that this was something you could do and be successful at, where did that come from and how did you shape that? Yeah, so I think there's there's some things that you said, right, that are the answer to this question for me as well. Like the biggest piece of it was that I didn't really do it by myself. I like started reaching out to people that were already real estate investors, people that were already full-time at it. Um, maybe I'm a little bit of an old soul, but like the top five people that I would call mentors right now are over 70 years old. Like they, if I picked up the phone right now and called them, they would all answer. They love talking to me because they're like, I'm the guy that's like, hey, did you know you could do this? So I'm giving them value. But then I'm like, hey, and how do you get through a day where, you know, this happened and they've been through it. So watching how they built their portfolios, watching the problems that we had in common, um, and me having some solutions to some of the things that they were dealing with just because, you know, maybe they, they were a little bit behind on the times or just didn't know some things that were possible allowed for an exchange of information that, that gave me a lot of confidence. I mean, there are still a lot of days where 
I'll call one of them and I'll be like, did you, I mean, did your bank account ever look like this? Or, you know, did you ever experience a tenant doing this or, you know, an employee right now I'm in the middle of hiring some more folks. So just like, Hey, like when you onboard people, like, is this a good plan? And having somebody to bounce that stuff off of is, is crucial um, for the mindset. So I think like the Alliance that we joined with Mark Evans is a great example of like being in rooms with people that are top performers um, that like they're all trying to go after it and get it really, really helps me with my own confidence and motivation. Um, another thing that helped me is that like, I didn't just like quit my job immediately. So even though I um, knew I needed to make a change, I actually took a job as a professor, which a lot of people think, okay, this is more prestigious, like, okay, professor, right? But I actually took a huge pay cut from being a principal of a high school, right? High performing high school with 2000 kids to being a professor who works, you know, maybe 30 hours a week teaching when I want to. Um, and I, I'm going to say like, it was a six figure reduction in income. However, doing that freed up a ton of time to be able to build a business. And so there were tons of people who were asking like, well, why would you take this kind of cut? Like, you're st stepping back. This is the classic example of sometimes you have to slow down to speed up. And I took that role with that reduction in salary for four, three, four years while I was building a real estate portfolio. So the confidence for me to release that full-time income came from the fact that I had already built a business that was bringing in more than I was making at work by the time I actually let it go. Man, I think that that's such an important piece too, because the the misconception is that everybody needs to be rich on Monday. That yes, it's not a state like, hey man, I, I want it on Friday. It's like, no, that that's how you can like. I feel like that that's gambling. Like if you're gonna make money that fast, you can lose money that fast. It's just it's not sustainable. It's like any like dieting. You know what I mean? Hey, I want to lose a hundred pounds in the next three weeks. It's like, well, you you might be able to do that. You also might die, and there's no way you can keep it off. You know. So I think the way that you set that up is a. Uh, a crucial thing about the longevity and just kind of baby steps. And it really is the old cliche of a, a marathon versus a sprint is, is how it plays out. And, and to your point, the, a lot of the guys that I talked to that were not stressed during the pandemic were the guys that were 50s, 60s, 70s that had been doing real estate for the buy and hold stuff for decades and decades. And that's just walking around money, man. They didn't have to worry about their transactional stuff every day. So, you know, I think that there's a, a time and a place for both, but you know, talking about that exact topic where people go, I need to be rich on Monday. I want to get into real estate. I'm a big believer that there's never a time that's too late. And it's, it really just comes with making the decision to make a change. And you had a really good post that I, again, I'm going to put links for it, but the stuff you have on your, your Facebook page, I think is, is extremely relevant and very helpful whenever you're at a different point in your life or your business. And one of the things you talked about was how things turn out differently. And you said, you know, I got a PhD. I wasn't making money in it. I've had personal like relationships and partnerships and things that have changed, but I pivoted and it all comes down to the pivot. And I yeah. think being that you are somebody who put time into getting a PhD and becoming a master of education and all that stuff, it's very easy to say, well, I'm comfortable. You know, I've already put all this time and energy into this to, to start over, to go in a different direction. Now, after I've already gone so much down this path and people just make the easy choice to not do that, where if you make a little bit of a tough decision and you put a little work in, look at the fruits of that labor, but most people, I think, 
will look at that and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm 30, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60, whatever age they are, it's too late to make a change. It's too late to pivot. But the successful people I come across, they make decisions every day, but they also go back and they relook at those and they're not afraid to change course and pivot to stay successful as the world changes. So I would love for you to talk just more about that whole philosophy about pivoting for wherever you are, whether it's you starting out from your nine to five of your career going into real estate or being in real estate and experiencing something like a recession or a pandemic and then having to pivot while you're in the middle of your business. Yeah, I think a lot of the mentors that I follow, whether they're in, they're locally here or whether they're on social media, like have this, this really powerful concept of like, you know better, you do better. Or like lifelong um, self-development, lifelong personal development. And so when I see folks that have done really well, like a lot of times they're making moves or making changes well beyond like the age that most people say you would retire, right? They, they're thinking, okay, well, now there's this opportunity or there's this I can try to do. And they're getting around and getting in circles where they can learn more. I mean, we see Mark doing that. Um, I know you do that. And they're just constantly like improving themselves. And that's, that's, that takes humility, right? But I also think that that's something that you know, the PhD represents for a lot of people too, right? It's like, okay, I'm not just going to, you know, stop school at high school, right? I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep learning. For a lot of people that is, is done for an entirely different reasons and people waste a lot of money and time getting PhDs that are worthless. And I think if you're getting a PhD with the end in mind, like that's the mistake because we see a lot of professors who have never actually worked a day in their life and they're trying to teach people how to work. Um, but if you're getting it with the goal being like, I'm going to keep learning and I'm going to keep applying that knowledge to my life, right, to help better my family, help better my community. That's what um, I see my PhD meaning. That's what I see my journey being is like, OK, for a season. Like I was mentored by people who said, get a job, go to work, be the best person at work, get a promotion, <laughs> get a degree, right? And your income will go up as you do that. That was for a season. Then things changed. Mentors saying, well, you don't actually have to trade time for money. Whoa, that's an idea. You mean that I can get my income to go up by leveraging other people's time? Oh, like, now I'm diving deeply into that, right? Then you have a whole nother set of problems. Like, okay, I got to learn now how, how do I uh, leverage this money into like other investments or other philanthropy, right? That can benefit the community and actually have an impact. So I think that there are stages to life, but if we keep the idea of, if we keep the idea of self-development, personal development, like we're never, uh, we've never arrived, that's really an important part of my life now. It's like, I'm never going to arrive. I'm never going to be where, I, where the end is. It's always like chasing the, the, the more refined, more improved, more impactful me. Right? And, that, and that, that person is never going to get caught. <laughs> well, so. I think, it, again, it probably comes from that whole school model that people go, well, I keep getting this I get this and then they forget that there's all these other certifications and stuff along the way and one of my buddies Alex Stewart he's uh one of the head jiu-jitsu black belts at Gracie Torrance HQ and I would always talk to him about the journey of jiu-jitsu and he, he kept, keeps correcting me and going 
It's not a journey. It's an adventure because a journey has an ending. And I was like, huh, I like that. So the adventure of entrepreneurship, the adventure of real estate, because even if you know everything, the world turns. Take not like, you know, we'll dig into metaverse and all these things. Like anybody who walks in and says, I'm the smartest guy in the room, I got it is, you know, I tell people when I hear that from new investors, like, hey man, I just need to know this one thing from you. And then I'm good. I go, oh, so you, you have no experience. You want me to tell you this thing for 20 minutes and then you think you're good. Walk into Mark Evans DM Alliance and tell them like, hey guys, I just need Mark to tell me one thing and then I don't need anybody else. I have this all figured out. Nobody's going to want to do business with you. Nobody's going to, it's a journey, you know, and we all learn from each other, like more than ever, you know, an experience that I have, the experience that you have, just us two, literally trying to be the dumbest guy in every room we're in, of a room of people that are trying to be the dumbest guy. Like, it's just a never ending curve and it gets me very excited. Like I've never been the guy who has that cockiness or that arrogance, I've always been blown away by the, the accomplishments of the people in the rooms that I'm in. And it's always inspired me. Yeah, it's, it's amazing, really. And, you know, to, to look at those folks and figure out, okay, how can I be more like that is, is like, again, something that takes humility, but also something that can be really impactful on, on your own life, right? Yeah, man. Like we were talking about a little bit earlier. So I, I think it's fascinating because we started to talk about how, you know, Mark's a kind of take no crap kind of guy, tell you how it is, doesn't let you get your any of your excuses out. But the the value and the connections and all this stuff, even just being in the last uh, room I was in, which is some of those people and watching them from the time I met them three years ago to what they've done today has been huge for me. So I'm interested in your side of it, though, because being somebody who comes from a leadership background and has an education background, there's a lot of guys that can make money, but they can't teach me how. There's a lot of guys that can kick my butt in jujitsu and boxing, but they can't teach me how. And it takes somebody that understands how to implement that knowledge to people in a way that they can understand it to help them in that way, too. So being that you have a podcast, you have your Facebook group. That's probably why looking back before I knew that you had that education background, I'm like, man, his posts and his content are so helpful. I feel like you have a knack and an ability to articulate that information to people in a way that they can retain it, accept it, and use it to utilize and take action on a day-to-day basis, which is a skill in itself. So talk a little bit about um, the leadership side and the education side on the st- as being a student as well as being an educator. I, I appreciate that. Um... Appreciate those comments. Um, I, I definitely have a routine for how I'm posting <laughs> content. And um, I, I think my background helps a little bit. But I think that for, for a lot of people, like they may have the desire or the want to, and education is like the barrier. Like, I don't know how. I know for me, like if somebody would have explained to me, hey, you can be a millionaire by buying real estate, Like it would have just been like, oh, that's for somebody else. That's like not for me. It's impossible for me to get there. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm serious. Like nobody in my family is a millionaire except me. Right. So and I'm talking about nobody. And my family's huge. So (laughs) you have a circle that's that's where you come from. The the I think some people can like reach it because they they know people in their circle that have reached it. Well, that's kind of what education did for me um, is it like made it seem like more reachable. So I remember, I mean, there's two guys that always shout them out, you know, uh, at my church and they were like, you know, church is over and there's a, one of the guys is sitting there on his laptop with an Excel spreadsheet 
And I, I'm, I'm inquisitive, right? So I go over and I'm sitting next to him. And he's like, what are you doing? And he took 30 minutes to explain to me, these were all the properties he owned. This was the rents that was coming in. This was the time where he was going to be able to retire because at that time he was working a full-time job. And I looked at it. I mean, he may have owned 30, 40 properties. He had built these, this portfolio over time. But I was like, wow, like you're a regular dude. Like it's accessible. Um, I could like, and, and I still didn't, I still didn't think like I could do it, but just that education, being able to be close to somebody who had millions of dollars of real estate makes it more real, right? Then I think you have the, the side of it where somebody actually needs to uh, want to share the information with you, right? Somebody needs to have that desire. And I just find countless and countless people who have built successful businesses or real estate companies who are willing to share with me things that I'm like, why are you giving me this for free? So that's what I do. I share content or posts or videos. I do a Monday night group in the Wealth and Real Estate Facebook group where I just share content for free because like I would not have built my business if these other guys wouldn't have shared content with me for free. Um, so it's like the weirdest thing. I mean, of course, I've got paid products and I do some paid coaching and stuff like that. But really, like the, the true value came from folks that were willing to give me education at no cost because they saw that I was actually willing to take action based on the information. That's so, right. you know, just like following up with that, like if somebody wants to know something, if somebody wants to know exactly how to do something, I, I'm totally open to sharing it. And I almost lean in more if I see them taking action with what I told them. It's like, I'm not thinking about how to necessarily make more money off of them. I'm thinking about how to help them more because I just saw them actually implement something. Um, but that's, that's the long answer. Hey, leadership, education, that's my thing. It probably comes off as, as I interact with people. But at the end of the day, I think that I spend a lot of time on mindset coaching as well, because once you have the education, now you've got to actually look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself why you're not doing it, <laughs> right? And that's the application part, right? So I want to be the person that's not only providing the content, but also creating the safe space and creating the community where people can come. You have the education, you have the information, but now you also have an inner circle of people that won't let you off the hook and will make you apply that application. If you have been kicking yourself that you didn't start investing in real estate sooner, whether you're beginner, intermediate, or advanced, any way you're looking to get it on a residential, commercial, land development, wholesale, and fix and flips, whatever it is, let's find a way to get you involved in some projects, get you some properties, whether you want to sell some properties to me, whether you want to buy some properties from me, whether residential, fix and flip, cash flow, multifamily, whatever it is you're looking for, let's figure out a way to get you involved or find a way for us to partner up on some deals. Go to www.nicknicknick.com. Go on the consultation tab and figure out how to schedule an appointment to talk about where you fit in if you are not sure. Or you can just reach out to me on any of my social media channels. If you go on www.nicknicknick.com slash links, you will see all the different ways to connect with me and figure out how we can start to work together, make it happen. Everybody that invests in real estate always just says they wish they did it sooner. Best time to start is today.
Man, I think that that's so important. That's I, I always say eight players attract other eight players. And the biggest way to do that is to, to take some sort of action. You know, if somebody comes up to you three times with the same question and they haven't done anything to change it, it's like now you're disrespecting that person's time. Yes. So I agree 100%, man. If they, if they start to swing the bat, I'm willing to help them kind of tweak that a little bit. But for the, for the mindset side, like a great transition there to the real estate stuff, you know, people that get, hey, I want to get into real estate. But I want to invest in Texas. I heard Texas is good, but everybody's in Texas. There's no deals there. And then you are in Texas, which is, you know, it's a competitive market, but everything's a competitive market. So I'd like to hear a little bit about how you shift your mindset to not talk yourself out of a scarcity mentality for deals and then how you wound up transitioning to some secondary markets as well. Yeah. So, you know, I split time between Texas and Mississippi. And part of that is because, you know, most of the excuses we give for why we can't get stuff done are true, right? That's actually like what makes the excuse so easy to, to lean into is that some of what you say is true. Like I can tell you that five years ago, houses were a lot cheaper than they are now, right? I can tell you that five years ago, apartments were not as popular or sexy as they are right now. Um, that's true, but that also doesn't give me like a cop-out where I can't go find more deals, like the deals are there, I think it might mean that you might have to do what I did this weekend and I buy a property not in my market, right? Or buy a property that's down the road or I have to actually fly to. I might have to be more creative to get things done. But really, it's about that pivoting that you mentioned, right? If you're in a market and the numbers work, lean in, right? Because they won't always work. What's going to happen is other people are going to notice that the numbers work. And then at some point, you're going to have to pivot from that. So that's exactly what happened. I started building my portfolio in Tupelo, Mississippi, which I give the name freely now because now the market is insane, right? <laughs> you know, seven, eight years ago, I was looking at the market. I was like, okay, there's no houses for rent. Every time something goes up for rent, it rents like quick. And there's not a whole lot of people that are looking for these deals. Like, let me just buy, right? Buy, buy, buy. Let me figure out how to will and deal, owner finance, all that kind of stuff, right? Let me figure out how to get as many as I can. Well, now the market is saturated with investors. People are, you know, using all these systems and strategies to close more deals. I could be like, hey, there's, there's no deals here, right? Instead, I look at other markets. So, you know, we look at U-Haul's data and we see how U-Haul, I mean, available on their website, you can see how many U-Hauls are going to Florida and Texas. So pick a market, right? I want to go to a place where people are moving and I know that there's going to be a demand for housing. Um, seeing the appreciation that has occurred in Texas over the last 20 years, you're like, okay, this is a place where 20 years from now, I, I could maybe create a real estate fortune. And then you just start like, doing things that other people aren't willing to do to grow your grow your your income right to grow your company and that might mean that i have employees in multiple states right or that i have teams built in multiple states and it's that that's what it's about right it's about the mindset that doesn't take no for an answer like the excuse is probably half true so what Right. Yes, it's true that in Dallas, like if I get on Facebook, this is a great way that I would get leads, you know, a few years ago, I would go on Facebook and I would message a seller because a seller would have posted a for sale by owner house. 
right? And I would say, hey, you should really talk to me because I've got cash burning a hole in my pocket and I want to give it to you for this house, right? And they would say, man, come meet me tomorrow at 9 a.m. And then I would meet them. They would like me and we'd work out a deal, right? That was like shooting, what do they say? Shooting fish in a barrel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, if I do that in, in the Dallas market, right? I'm probably actually not even talking to a seller. There's probably some wholesaler that's done some creative marketing job that's getting me to join their buyers list. <laughs> For me to get to a directly to a seller is extremely difficult. And I could be like, man, I don't want to do business in a busy market because it's so hard. Or I can pivot and say, well, in this market, we buy direct to seller. And in this market, I pay a wholesaler a fee and let them do it. Right. And that's what we do. So if I'm in a, depending on where I am, I might be buying using different strategies. Um, and that's just a mindset that says, if I can't do it this way, let me figure it out. And I teach my kids that I've got an eight-year-old and, you know, she comes to me with a question and it's so funny now because she knows I'm going to ask her, like, I'm going to basically say, what are three ways that you've tried to solve this before you ask me? I love that. So she'll come to me and say, okay, dad, uh, the soap is gone in the bathroom, right? The soap is gone. And I looked here, it wasn't there. And I try to squeeze it out, you know, out of this thing. And the cabinet that you told me it was in last time, it wasn't there either. And so the way that she comes to me now like that is from training of like, I need you to solve problems. <laughs> and that's what we, we should be doing. Like, of course, at a much more advanced level in our businesses is just thinking about how to do it, not how not to do it because it's hard. Man, I think that that is such a key point in just anything that's uh, successful or effective in life is being solution-based. It's, it's, it really shifts you and it really changes you from the average person who just focuses on the negative, just having yeah. that outlook and that perspective to sit there. And then also to not just go give me the answer to make you think like we were talking about earlier about good mentors. That's what, what they do. Almost like the Mr. Miyagi of like, what do you think? What do you want? And I used to get mad at that when I would ask people questions, and they would answer me back with a question. And now I find myself doing it to other people because I see how effective it really is to make you think instead of just giving you the shortcut. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's so hard to shake that. Cause I mean, for me, it's the default. I know for a lot of people, they've, they've like grew up, but for me, like the default is to say, this is hard. You know, you go on my website, I think it says like, it's hard out here in these streets, right? So it's like, <laughs> that's the default for me is to say it's hard. Last week, that's what happened. Thursday, I get a call from a lender. Oh, we need you to bring an extra, you know, $200,000 to a closing. The default to me was, oh, I guess it's not going to close then, right? Like that was the default. I called a few people on the phone man, like, I can't believe that my deal is going to close. I've been working on this thing for 45 days. They're coming back with this at the last minute. What am I going to do? I mean, because my circle has changed and I'm not calling people that don't solve problems, somebody's like, well, you've solved this problem before. Like, why can't you solve this one? And I'm like, I don't want to hear that right now. I wanted you to say, woe is me. And I want you to say my deal failed and no, you need to get off the phone with me and you need to call two or three people and try to get the money, right? You saw a post I made on Facebook. I mean, I made a post and somebody like literally wired the money to me within 12 hours. It was, it was crazy. I was like, oh, so if I would have said it's hard, which was my default, right? 
and I would have just let it be. And I didn't have a circle of people that weren't, weren't going to be satisfied with me letting it go. I would have lost a deal. That's like seven figure potential deal. But because I had that circle and because I'm willing to say, I'm not taking no for an answer in 12 hours, I solved a six figure problem. And I think everybody can listen to that as an example, not of me saying, Ooh, look, I can raise money in 12 hours. Cause that's not how I look at it. I look at it as if you work at something harder and you're not willing to take no for an answer, you're probably going to be able to figure it out in most cases. Um, and that's just been a really, really true thing for me as in my business is if you don't give up, eventually you figure it out. I love that, man. It's again, good, good advice, not just for business, but for life, you know, um, a couple of things I definitely want to touch on. One, I would, I would love like a, a deal breakdown for people listening about like, let's say that, that deal, for instance, of like, how did you find it? What were the numbers looking like? What's the exit strategy? And also when you and I were talking on the phone, you were talking about how you don't actually put a lot of money into marketing because like you were talking about your circles, you've been able to pull a lot of money and a lot of business just from kind of words of mouth and connections. So I would love to hear more about that as well. Yeah. So putting more money into marketing with, with Mark's advice, right? Like we should also always be branding, always be marketing. But by and large, um, social media is like the best tool ever for marketing. And it's free. Like just telling people what you're doing, telling people what you're looking for, getting eyeballs on your business constantly, right? It's kind of like for me, if I'm driving down the street and I see Walmart, right? And I see every day, I see Walmart sign, right? And I think, okay, everyday low prices because it says that on the building, right? And so doing that on social media has been something that I've been, right, pouring energy into over the last 12 months. And, you know, you just get people sending you deals. Um, another thing that really helps is actually buying stuff. So in the markets that I buy, actually closing deals, people get used to the fact that you do what you say you're going to do. People get used to the fact that you can solve difficult problems. And so they come to you when they have something that they know other people would struggle with, with solving. Usually for me, that's going to be a single family house that needs work. Um, or it's going to be some apartments that are really run down and people are going to come to me and say, Hey, you bought this last time. And it was a very easy transaction. It worked out great. Like, would you do this? And referrals are my number one source of business right now. Um, we're probably going to close on, you know, right at a million dollars of property this month. Um, 95% of it was referred. You know, some of, some of the times it's realtors. Realtors are, you know, giving me an off-market listing because I, I don't usually buy things that hit the market. But they're, they're calling before they list something. Some of the times it's wholesalers that are doing direct-to-seller marketing. Some of the times it's, it's people like my insurance agent. I got a deal Friday, my insurance agent calls and she says, hey, uh, my mom just passed away. I, I, I don't want to do anything with this house. And I keep adding properties to your portfolio, to your insurance policy. So do you want to add this one? And so referrals are, are a big, big source of lead flow for me too. With your current business model, man, I know you're doing a lot of capital raising and stuff. Talk a little bit about your business model today and how the audience can work with you or things we can do to bring you value or maybe connect with you on Absolutely. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Um, so I'm going to tie that into the, the previous question. So I just, uh, <laughs> I look for deals that burr, right? I look for deals where I can buy them 
renovate them, and then refinance all of my capital out or all of my investor capital out, but still hold the asset. So generally, I'm looking for those burr deals, right? And they are hard to find. Um, they are more of a challenge to find lately. Um, but I also like looking for opportunities where my investors or myself have all of my capital back within 12 months. That's kind of the goal. Um, so this last deal that I just closed is an eight unit multifamily property. It's near Galveston, Texas, which is a kind of a beach area. It's my first beach owned property, like a property that's actually on the water. The front parking lot is sand. So that's exciting for me. Um, but what I looked for in this case was a property where I could do renovations and refinance my capital out or my investor capital out within uh, 12 months. So it came to me about a wholesaler. Wholesaler emailed it to me. I probably get 500 emails a day with wholesalers sending me stuff. And myself or somebody on my team is going to look at every single email. We're going to look at every single one, even though most of them are marketing and most of them aren't actually deals. Um, we're looking at them so we know what a deal is when we actually see one, right? So this one came by um, attractive because... It was beachfront, okay? And we just went through what I think was the worst recession ever, right, in history. People say 2008. I think the worst recession is when government tells people you can't go to work and you can't open your business, right? So we just went through that. And what we saw was people still went to beachfront properties. Like they wanted to get out of town. They still wanted to get away. And so I'm looking for assets like that where if crap hits the fan, people will still go and do that. So I saw this wholesaler email, contacted the wholesaler. I'm like, hey, look, we don't need to negotiate. Your price is fine. Like, this is the price. Um, and end up being a $500,000 purchase. We're going to put $300,000 into this property. Uh, we're going to automate and systemize the, the business so that it's running like an Airbnb that is all automated, right? So we can keep our expenses down. But we'll be able to increase the NOI on this property since it was running as a long-term apartment. We'll be able to increase the NOI probably close to $120,000 a year and running it as a short-term rental instead of a long-term rental. And that's going to increase the property value you know, somewhere in the seven figures. So those types of deals allow for my investors to get paid back great returns, you know, this particular investor on this deal is going to probably profit 20 to 30% on their money. And, you know, less than 12 months. That's the goal. Like who wouldn't want to make 20 to 30% on their money in 12 months doing nothing. Right. And, you know, that means that they took a little risk on a project. That means that they have to get to know me as an operator and make sure that it's safe for them. Um, it, there has to be synergy. Right. I don't just take money from anybody. We 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 need to be aligned in what our goals are. We need to understand that these are long term things. We need to understand that um, a lot of times we do better than expected, but sometimes we don't. Right. When we don't, my investors always still make out great. <laughs> but when we do, my investors make out greater. And folks that uh, partner up with me have experienced that. So I'm having fun, having fun. That's an example of a deal. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, well, I'll give you what, this is the things that I excited operator, right? I'll probably have this property completely renovated. We're going to spend $300,000 in about 
28 days, okay? Based on the timeline that I have going on. So we'll have this property renovated, fixed up and ready for occupancy by 28 days. That's the goal, which is like crazy. And have it generating income. My investor will have his capital back, preferably four to six month timeline. And like he's getting 20 to 30% on his money. So wouldn't that guy love to come back and say, let's do that again, right? And that's my goal. So I'm pretty excited about this one. So how do you, how do you initially structure your private lender deals? Like what, what's the, uh, the kind of terms? I'm sure it's a little bit case to case, but generally. Everything case by case. Um, this deal, like I said, the investor is going to do even better than I normally pay out because of the timeline that he was able to fund the deal um, because of the flexibility investor has with, the timeline, all of that matters. But generally with my investors, I'm usually looking for synergy in what they're trying to do and what I'm trying to do. Um, so, you know, if somebody's looking for equity in a deal, they're looking to like JV a deal with me, um, generally it's going to be short term, right? We're trying to get in and out of a deal within four to six months. If somebody's looking to place money with me long term, which is what I prefer nowadays, um, we're going to generally be trying to have their initial capital back to them within 12 months, but then them having some kind of income recurring over a long period of time. So it generally is case to case, um, deal to deal. Larger deals, of course, more people can eat. And the smaller deals, um, generally, I'm, I'm kind of trying to be in and out of them and have them be over. Sure. <laughs> so I structure them really based on what the investor is looking for, how they're looking to get involved, um, and everything is, is case by case. That makes total sense, man. The final question on this is, um, what do you do? Because with the Burr strategy, people don't realize that one of the most important parts of that whole thing is making sure that you're going to be able to get the refinance. And they don't do any initial upfront work to find those lenders to ask those questions that maybe they got an asset-based loan to buy it, but then they can't qualify for a conventional loan to refinance it. So I would love to hear how you protect yourself in that situation for the refi side of it. Yeah, so it's one of those situations too where like the bigger you get, the easier it is. Um, I've been building a rental portfolio for seven years now. I probably pay off a house every month in, in principal payments, right? It's like nuts. So the good thing is that I'm always having, you know, free and clear properties that I can move liens around to and things like that. Um, it's kind of like becoming a bank, which not there yet, but five years from now, hopefully that happens. And um, that really helps because then you can move assets around and, and free up capital to pay investors back. And it doesn't always entirely depend on the deal that you're working on at that time. Um, the other thing is that you just have to like always be working on relationships. So whether it's Mississippi, I've got property in Iowa, property in Texas, property in Louisiana, I'm always networking with lenders. If somebody reaches out to me and they say, hey, I'm a direct lender. I've got this program, this product. I allocate time every single week to talk to those people, not because um, they're always telling the truth, but because if I um, am digging the well before I need it, really, a lot of times then I can make sure that, that a deal actually is going to close on the refinance side. So with this particular deal, the reason I can be so confident in it is because I already have a great relationship with a local community bank. They're you know, frequently calling me saying, let's put some more stuff on the books, right? And so before I close this deal, ran it by her, 
like, this is exactly what I'm doing. These are the projected numbers. She's like, hey, send it over. She's already primed the people within her kind of committee. They, they know that this deal is coming. So digging the well before it dry is, before it, before it's dry really helps. And I've been on both sides of this. Like people who know me know, I've been on the side where I can't get a refi or they're just taking forever on the refi side. And it sucks. <laughs> like, you know, it, it doesn't feel good because you're trying to pay back investors and you want to make sure everybody gets taken care of. So I really have learned to do that prep work prior to, or at least know, okay, the money's coming from here if it's not coming from this particular deal. And that's why I think it's important that people are investing, invest with experienced operators who have multiple ways to get them paid back, right? If, if you're investing with somebody as their first deal, I'm all for that. If you know the person and you just want to help them, but just know that there might be things that they don't know yet that would cause your money to be tied up longer or may you know, cause it to, to not go as well as you think. And that's why I prime my investors too. Like I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm not working with anybody. I, I try to tell them like, this is the exit strategy that we're planning on. This is the time frame. These are the other ways that you'll get paid back if this time frame isn't working. And most of my investors are like my friends now, right? We talk all the time. We text. We Facebook. We do things. So they're aware of what's going on in a project the whole time, and it's not a surprise if. I say, hey, I'm paying you back, but I'm paying you back out of my account because this deal is working slowly and it just didn't go as planned. Or, hey, I'm paying you back out of this deal and you saw the social media post where it closed and you saw the HUD statement, what I made, and you got paid great because I got paid great. You know, they get to see all of that and the transparency really helps with building relationships. Man, that's such a good answer. That's a takeaway for me is spending more time on my weekly basis of answering some of those emails that pile up from lenders that again might be marketing but they might be they might be a good connection right there man so that's definitely my takeaway so dude this has been awesome i really appreciate it uh in closing now talk a little bit about how do people find you how do people work with you the podcast the facebook group the coaching all the stuff you got going on and i appreciate it um the a game podcast this has been a great great use of time this morning getting to know you talking to you has been fantastic um you said it all like i spend a lot of time in the Wealth and Real Estate Facebook group on Facebook. Um, of course, I'm on Instagram at Grab the Map. So you can DM me on Instagram at Grab the Map. Um, I also have a website, right? GrabTheMap.com. Like you can find us there. Uh, we do offer some coaching. Um, we do offer some paid communities if you want to get involved and have a circle of people around you that are helping you do projects. Um, as far as events go, I'd love to, to meet you at an event. Um, this year, I'm not doing an event, but I'm going to several different events. So reach out to me, DM me if you want to know where I'll be. Um, I'd love to find you. And I, I just love what I do. I love every single day, like meeting new people, trying to solve problems, um, growing assets, right? Growing my own, but also growing other people's assets is a, a pleasure. And uh, I'll be like following you, of course. We're both in the DM Alliance, which we keep shouting out. Um, not really because it's a plug, but because it's benefiting us. And when something is a value of you, you tell people about it. So I'm telling people about that too. But definitely try to reach out, try to find me, try to find Nick. You see Nick everywhere. But <laughs> but I really appreciate it being on, Nick. And thank you for what you do too. 
Now, dude, this has been awesome. I appreciate everything that you're doing out there and I uh, appreciate Mark Evans and the DM Alliance. Again, people probably think we're, it's a sponsor of the show at this point, but it's not, like you said, it's just good people. So meet people idea. like you, Jennings, all these great guys in there, man. It's been absolutely awesome. You, sir, bring your A-game and everything you do. This has been no different. I appreciate you bring your A-game to this interview today. Any final thoughts before I let you go? Hey, man, I like to just say, don't just look at it. Grab the map. Get out here, guys. Do, do great. I like it. Wise words. Dr. John Crunchfield, ladies and gentlemen, have a great day, sir. Hey, thanks, man.